The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I'm your host, Raider Craig. And uh, here we are, into the dark, dark ages. Really not much going on in football. Well, there's always something going on in football. But uh, very quiet until the, the training camp starts up. And, well, we're going to try to get as much information out to you guys as possible. So without further ado, we're going to hit show 195. Yeah. Yeah. Oaktown. Do you know about my city? Oaktown. The city of Oak. Oaktown. Oh, don't you know? Oaktown. Do you know about my city? Oaktown. The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. All right, today's show, we're going to kind of hit a couple of things. Brady Belitnikoff Foundation, we're going to hit on that, of course. We're going to hit on another story here. Uh, not too much, but Jim Rome uh, threw a cheap shot at us, and I have a comment for old Jim. And, of course, we were a guest on a podcast, pitkinpodcast.com. Um, four guys who have uh, a sports podcast. Very well done, very smooth. Uh, you should check it out because uh, these guys do a great job. They're very smart. They come up with the facts, and it's it's a great show. And I I, uh, I think they'll do very well. They start out pre- uh, pretty recently, but uh, they've got it down. I think they they've got a good format. And uh, check it out. I was on there. It was great fun. The guys are funny. Um, I, I think they got a kick out of me as well. So we're gonna hit on that too. And uh, Randy copied it, and, and we're gonna play it back for you guys. Of course, we will hit the bone line and the uh, comments form section as well. And guess what? <laughs> it's gonna be our three-year anniversary, May twentieth. And Randy is coming off with a podcast. He's gonna put together a bunch of bloopers, I'm sure, for me, which are you know, how many can you pick out of one show for crying out loud? We kind of fill up a couple days in just my mistakes. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, there's a whole lot of things that have been really going on. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, this is uh, no lie, reported this morning on ESPN, witness to his practice uh, could see a great improvement in his accuracy. Uh, evidently, he was putting balls in some real tight spots uh, between defenders. Very, very good ball control and fast and furious. Evidently, he's improved a great deal. And the fact that he's comfortable makes everything awesome. i got to tell you right now, I'm happy about that, and you should be too. The fact that this young man is kicking ass and taking names, and I mean he's in the practice all the time. He's in the films. He's getting coached. He wants to be everything he can be. What more can you ask from a man than that? Well, let's get to the Bolitnikov Foundation. Now, you know, Randy and I and uh, the Crusader Raider, actually, and his gang, uh, Dave and Keith, have been going to this uh, uh, crab feed uh, for this event for a couple of years now. It's a great uh, event that's put on by the Bolitnikovs, Angela and Fred, of course. Uh, they established it, this foundation to support young women recovering from substance abuse and to provide education and prevention of domestic violence. I'll tell you, man, it's a great deal. Uh, the other thing, they're very, very cool people. Uh, 
These events are very casual. They're fun. You get to see a lot of players, and it supports uh, Tracy's Place of Hope. Uh, Tracy Belitnikoff, of course, was Fred's daughter. Uh, she was assaulted and murdered um, in a domestic violence situation. And uh, this is to uh, help kids that can't get out of it, women, uh, battered women. It's a great, great thing. Uh, this event here is a very great, it's a great deal, man. You guys got to check it out. It's uh, 6 1 and 6 2. There'll be 15 former Raider legends there. Uh, Fred, of course, Tim Brown. Timmy Brown's going to be there. Daryl LaMonica, Cliff Branch. That's right. Greg Townsend, James Lofton, of course. And there'll be uh, autograph signings and things like that. Very, very cool. 25 Raider greats will be there. And the next day, they'll go to a golf tournament, a charity golf tournament, Chata Verda, a country club in Lincoln, California. But 60 bucks donation. And for 60 bucks, you get to receive. Uh, a Belitnikoff football and a T-shirt, uh, free autographs, and admittance to both events, and there's a bunch of other things. So uh, call a guy named Kevin at 310-568-8825, extension 102, and uh, check that out. Uh, go to the website. They have a website here, um, www.naxcom.com. Uh, check it out, and... Uh, you guys got to check it out. Belitnikoff Foundation, I'm sure they've got a website as well. Uh, and I think this is a really worthwhile thing. We've done it. You get to see the players. It helps a really good cause. The fact that uh, Angela and Fred are so involved in this, um, and they're very sincere, very good people. Everything's very cool. So I really encourage the Raider Nation to get out there and do it and contribute. And if you can't be there and you want to do something, just send them a little bit of money for crying out loud. That doesn't hurt at all. So check it out, and that's all I got to say about that. All right, let's talk about this. I don't think so, Jim. took a cheap-ass shot at the Raiders and the Raider Nation. And the funny thing is, and it's not so funny really, they use this clip as an advertisement. So not only did you hear it once, but every time you had an advertisement for the Jim Rome show on a local radio station, Jim pops off. You know Jim Rome, the smack-off and all that. The guy is funny. I like him. But he was way off base with this cheap-ass shot. He starts off talking about how the Cowboys acquired Pac-Man Jones and, yes, Pac-Man Jones, a Jerry Jones wanted Pac-Man. And he described Jerry Jones as being just like Al Davis without the jumpsuit and without the 13 losses a season. Bada bing, bada bam, funny Jim. You think we can't see through that? You think we're not? Legitimate Raider fans that haven't searched through this kind of buzz shit in the past? Well, Jimmy Rome, I don't think so. I don't think so, Jim. 
I don't think this time you're going to take a cheap shot at the Raiders and let and get away with it. I think you're lead into this whole little cheap shot from Pac-Man Jones to how the Raiders lost 13 games in the last couple of years is a cheap-ass shot. Blatantly obvious to the fans, blatantly obvious to me. So you know what I have to say, Jim? I don't think so. So next time you want to uh, bash the Raiders, come head on, brother. Lead it on. Lead it with a story. Talk about it first. Come in big time, but don't go around and stab somebody in the back. I don't think so, Jim. And that's what I think about that. And uh, you almost became the asshole of the week. I'm just refraining because I respect your journalistic humor. And, uh, well, you're a cool guy, really. But uh, your Raider bashing has to come straight on, Pana. Not from the back, not from the side, but bring it. But don't bring it in this cheap shot. Uh, Starting off with Pac-Man Jones and ending up with 13 losses a season. I don't think so, Jim. That's all I got to say about that. Okay, Pigskin Podcast. Here we go. Push them back. Defense. I said, push hey. them back. Defense. I said, push hey. them back. These guys are pretty cool. The Pigskin Podcast is relatively new. Uh, this is four guys from Ohio. Uh, let me get their names. I think Andrew. Um, gosh, I, I can't get their names. <laughs> I don't have it right in front of me. Okay, here we go. A new guy, George, of course, Andy, Andrew, Joel, and Nick. These guys uh, are pretty dialed in. they got a great show. It's very smooth. They all have um, pretty good voices for radio. There's a couple professionals there. I'm not sure. I think it was Andrew or Andy is one of the professionals. But very nice guys. They invited me to be a, a guest on their show to comment on the AFC West. And, of course, the Raiders. And I did. It was great to be there. It was nice to get a chuckle out of my new that um, – I don't know if they would be ready for me. I knew I'd be ready for them uh, because you got to represent, partner. And uh, we did, and that's the way it goes. And I can't help it, man, because we are the Raider Nation. And I am Raider Nation, and that's exactly what I did. So anyway, you'll be able to judge for yourself if I represented good or not because Randy's got the recording. We're going to play it for you right now. Uh, These guys are good, though. Check out their website because it's great. It's a good beginning. Uh, They got a good thing. And I think these guys are honest, and they're, little, they're accurate, and their news is, is right on the money. Uh, not a lot of speculation and not a lot of bullshit. I already told them, don't be throwing it around Raider style, because we don't want to hear that from them. <laughs> I already said I'm straight. <laughs> I go report the truth. That's all I ask for. But I think they will. I think this is a great show, and you guys should check it out at pigskidpodcast.com. Without further ado, this is the interview, or whatever you want to call it. What do a play-by-play announcer, a sports writer, a customer service rep, and an elementary school guidance counselor all have in common? Lace up those cleats, tape up those wrists, and strap it up. Because you're about to find out here on the Pigskin Podcast. Four average men with an above-average appetite for the game of football. Now let's join the guys, Andy, Joel, Eric, and Nick. 
And welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're back for another edition of the Pigskin Podcast, joined alongside Brian George and Nick Suberling. I am Joel Hammond. In the second segment of today's show, we have a special guest, Raider Greg from RaiderNationPodcast.com. He's going to break down the Raiders, who he thinks, uh, not surprisingly, are going to make a big leap this year with all their offseason additions and the entire AFC West, so be sure to, to stay tuned for that. When we come back, we will have Raider Greg from RaiderNationPodcast.com on to talk about the Raiders and the AFC West. You're listening to the Pigskin Podcast. And welcome back to the Pigskin Podcast. Here with a special segment here as we preview the AFC West from RaiderNationPodcast.com. Raider Greg, Raider Greg, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, your show is awesome. You guys got a great thing going. It's nice to see you uh, getting started the right direction, man. You guys are dialed. You got a nice show. It's very smooth. You guys are together. It's cool. Well, we certainly appreciate the kind words. And uh, tell us a little bit more about your podcast there at RaiderNationPodcast.com. Well, Raider Nation Podcast, I started this podcast when uh, I had back surgery. My brother-in-law told me about podcasting, and since I was stuck at home, it was a perfect outlet for me, the Raider fanatic. And so I took advantage of it. There were only 300 podcasts. Uh, actually on the uh, on podcasting at the time. And uh, so we started up, started up the show. It was pretty interesting. And uh, we've been in the top 100 several times. And we're right now we're at 49, actually, uh, yesterday. So we keep in the top 100. We have a, an interesting show. It's, it's fun. We have a good time. We just let it hang. And the fans speak out. It's a great time. And, um, you know, podcasting is fun. Absolutely. Absolutely, Greg. And, uh, Let's get into the reason why you're here. That's to talk about the AFC West and uh, specifically the Raiders. Uh, they had a, a all season full of headlines, uh, most notably perhaps the drafting of Darren McFadden. There's a lot of guys in that backfield. Can you tell us how uh, first McFadden will do and then the, how the rest of the backfield will shape up? Well, McFadden, of course, uh, is crazy runner. He, he, he was a great pickup. Uh, you, you saw Kiffin was trying to fool everybody that we weren't going to take him. And I kept saying, that's the little guy we got to have. Big playmaker. The guy's incredibly fast. Once he gets through the scene, forget about it. Um, he's, he's an excellent player. So he's going to line up in the backfield with Justin Fargus, a thousand yard rusher last season. Justin helped us to be number six in the, in, in the NFL for rushing. And, uh, it was a great, it's going to be a great tandem. And let's not forget about Michael Bush. Michael Bush is the beast. He comes in strong, 150 pounds, I mean, 250 pounds of, of mean machine. And he's in with a vengeance, and actually of all the running backs, he's been very impressive. So I think we have a great backup field there. We have uh, Oren O'Neill, of course, a fullback, a hard hitter, and Justin Griffith from the Falcons we picked up as well. He's a great player. We're going to be solid there, and it's going to give Jamarcus a great opportunity to have some time to get rid of that football like he can. One of the big reasons the Raiders are in a position to take a guy like Darren McFadden with the fourth overall pick, they were – uh, terrible defense last year, 25th overall in the in the NFL. But they addressed some of those concerns uh, in the off season, namely getting D'Angelo Hall, a shutdown corner uh, from the Falcons. Talk a little bit about the impact you see him having and uh, the defense improving overall. Well, D'Angelo Hall comes in with an attitude. He comes in with a Raider attitude, actually. Um, very cocky, ready to go and do the work, and uh, that's very, very good for us, and we need him. And he is a shutdown corner. He's going to compliment Asamoah on the other side, which is also a shutdown corner. Of course, if I forget Gabriel Wilson, which we picked up, who is a crazy man in the middle who's going to hit people and uh, make them forget who their mother is. Very, very hard hitter. He reminds me of Ronnie Lott. 
So he's the rocket back there, and our backs, our secondary is going to be pretty brutal, and people are going to have to think real hard if they want to throw the ball back in there. Greg, you mentioned earlier uh, of the, the weapons that Jamarcus Russell is going to have there in the backfield. Talk a little bit about what the offseason training program is going to do for him. Obviously, he held out last year and missed uh, most of, in fact, all of training camp and a, a few of the Oakland Raiders games. Uh, talk a little bit about how the offseason is going to help uh, Jamarcus this year. Well, I don't really think he had an offseason. This kid hasn't left Alameda yet. He's very dedicated. He's an intense studier. He works out very, very hard. The whole bunch of bullshit about him being 300 pounds and excuse the French, but please, was a big-time rumor. And, of course, the Raiders get hit with that garbage constantly. Um, but he comes in at 256 pounds, and he's having his rocket arm all over the place. He wasn't bruised and battered from last season. He has two years under the same coaching staff and playbook, which is going to be great for us because it lets him to relax a little bit more and open up the playbook so much more this season. I think we're going to have a lot to look forward to. It's going to be very exciting. Let's shift now to the to the Raiders competition there in the AFC West. Let's start with Denver. You know, they, they chose uh, Ryan Clady out of uh, out of Boise State uh, with, the, with their first rounder. Can can he help get that uh, running game, you know, that that once feared Denver running game, back to the top of the league and and uh, you know relieve a little bit of the pressure on uh, on Jay Cutler? Well, you know, he's a great pickup, and I looked at him for the Raiders as well because you know we were like we need an offensive line too, as you well know. We've had trouble in the not too distant past improvement over last year. However, I know Denver's done a very good job classically, but last season they had a lot of problems moving the ball up the middle. They had a lot of problems with their running game. This guy here has got arms almost as long, touching the floor, standing straight up. He's a great athlete. He's got great feet. He's going to help them an awful lot. But then again, you know, Denver's always been known for a good running team, and I expect no less this year. Uh, they also picked up Eddie Royal, who's really a return specialist. This kid is unbelievable, and his return average is pretty crazy. It's going to be a tough one. I hope Coop for the Raiders is ready for this guy. Um, but the the thing about Denver, I'm not real. I'm really happy about it. They got a new offensive uh, coordinator assistant and also a new defensive coach last year. And Shanahan was on the hot seat. Ooh, was on the hot seat. I love it. They're ready to kick his ass up. And then you know what? Here comes the general manager, of course, and he 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 has a way of just deflecting all the blame. So the coaching staff got changed out. They've got major upheaval in the front office. They did major changes this year. So I expect the Denver Broncos to be really kind of looking for their identity and looking for the bathroom. A lot of new people in there be looking for the restroom because there's a lot of new things going on there. Hey, Greg, you talk about Denver always has that strong running game, and they seem to went after a couple of weapons for Jay Cutler now, adding uh, Daryl Jackson in the offseason, Kerry Colbert, Sammy Parker. Uh, none of those guys going to make you forget about uh, Jerry Rice or any big-time receivers, but uh, with those guys joining Brandon Marshall and Brandon Stokely, are, are they trying to maybe uh, open up the uh, air attack there in, in the Mile High City? Well, they're going to have to because they got a great quarterback. Jay Cutler is amazing. And, you know, I hate him because he's so good. He's very, very hard to get. He's very accurate, and he can throw the ball from across the field. He's got an excellent arm. He's something to be reckoned with, and I'm pissed that they got another player like this at quarterback position because Elway is very Elway-esque because he gets out of tight situations. He's got a great sense of, of, the, of the pocket, and he gets away all the time. I hate watching this guy, but he's excellent, and if they've got the weapons for him, he's going to prove a formidable force. Um, in the passing game. 
Hey, Greg, let's shift to the San Diego Chargers, a team that loses Michael Turner to Atlanta. They release all-pro Lorenzo Neal. He's getting up there in age at 37. But uh, do you see any effect on, on the running game? They did draft Jacob Hester out of LSU in, in the third round of the NFL draft. Uh, does that have any effect on LT? And I was actually curious as to your thoughts on his comments a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago now, that he may only play five more years. He may not be playing in five years. Talk about San Diego, their offense, Phillip Rivers maturing, and and a little bit about the, the, the running game with LaDainian Tomlinson there. Well, well, well. The chargeless, boltless, nutless chargers, one of my favorite teams. <laughs> well, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson has always been an emotional mess. Every time there's something that happens on the field, the guy's ready to pour out some tears. If they're not winning, he's ready to pour out some tears. You know what? He's a great player. I wish he had more balls and more sack, but he just doesn't. <laughs> And it is, it's very apparent by this whole crap about him five years and five years this. He should just shut up and play football. That's the best thing he could do for himself. But as far as, the, as far as Hester, Hester hasn't even shown up to camp yet. He's supposed to, but I think there's some contract dispute or something. I don't know what's going on, but I know he hasn't shown up, and it's a kind of an issue for the team right now. You know, there's a whole lot of things that are going on in San Diego as well. Besides their team, of course, they're trying to find a stadium. You guys know that, don't you? Mm-hmm. And nobody wants them, which is the funniest thing. They try to go to different cities around San Diego, and nobody wants to build a stadium in their backyard. They might end up moving to Los Angeles, and I think that's the funniest thing that could ever happen. However, they have a great team. They have a great offense and a great defense. Unfortunately, they have Nor- Mr. Rogers Turner, who is – just <laughs> who we've seen before, and you know it's always a beautiful day in the neighborhood when he's your coach. When you have your fan base chanting Marty, bring back Marty, bring back Marty, you really should take an examination on your head coach and see what's happened. The guy can't really finish either, even though they won one playoff game. Give me a freaking break. Well, that's more than Marty was able to get him. Well, you know what? That's a shame because Marty was on his way to taking him all the way. It would have happened eventually. I was much more fearing of this Marty Schottenhammer character because he's worked us constantly. But Norm Turner, the worm has turned on San Diego, even though they're full of talent and they've got great draft choices, they've got great opportunity to build their team even more. I just don't see Smith and Turner being able to put together a championship team, look at what they have as weapons now, and there you go. Now, you know, Antonio Gates is injured. He he might not make the beginning of training camp. They did uh, pick up an Anthony Waters, I believe, a linebacker, and also tight end Scott Chandler, which I think was their best pickup all total. Chandler's going to be able to step in because Gonzalez is getting old in the tooth. He's been injured a couple of times. I think um, he's going to need some relief. Um, San Diego, though, they're still the contender for the winning AFC West, and they're going to be our competition this year because I think totally that the Raiders will be able to beat Denver and the Condiments, a.k.a. the Chiefs, uh, with with not – you know, it's going to be tough, but I'm, I think we'll be able to take all those games myself. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, Greg, uh, we look at the, the KC Chiefs. Uh, I like to say, Herman, you played to win the game. Edwards, uh, that squad had a good draft. Uh, obviously, when you draft that high, though, um, expectations are that you do draft well. They did get Glenn Dorsey, uh, the big run stuffer. Talk a little bit about him and as well, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and how their offseason uh, has shaped up so far. 
Well, Kansas City is totally rebuilding. I mean, they're deep in the rebuilding phase. I'm happy about that as well. Now, he's going to be very emotional. He's a very emotional coach. Herm is very emotional. And when those press conferences start to get heated, he's going to get heated and watch out for some entertainment later on next year. Now, they lost Jared Allen to the Vikings, of course, but Glenn Dorsey is a great pickup. He is an awesome force. However, don't forget, Darren McFadden ran against them 206 yards when he played for LSU and right by Dorsey many times. That's of course the Raider now. You know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we couldn't have guessed. <laughs> we were 1-1 one one, uh, as, as far as division, and uh, it was it's time now to warm his turn. I think Kansas City is re- really really deep in the rebuilding. They cut Greg Wesley, a defensive back, and they're, they, this guy, they really tried to make him happen, but he didn't really happen. It took him eight years. He did okay, but they were expecting a lot more. Um, Greg, you referenced... Ryan Sims and... Excuse me. Ryan Simmons and Eric Eric Hicks are in the back there, too, and they're nothing to worry about, really. <laughs> you referenced losing, uh, the Chiefs losing Jared Allen to the Vikings, and with uh, with losing him, they were they were second to last in points, yards, dreadful in offense last year, and not much in the running game. Larry Johnson was banged up for a time. A team that went four and twelve lost nine straight to close the year. Not you talked about that rebuilding. Not much of a uh, the expectations, I guess, can't be can't be too high in Kansas City for this season. No, it can't. But you know, they got Dwayne Bow, which really flips me out because he's probably one of the best wide receivers um, coming up right now in the NFL. He's a great player, and I wish we would have picked him up because he, he played with Jamarcus, and he had some excellent catches there in LSU. Uh, Damon Ewart, who's going to be Brody Crowell? Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the, the quarterback du jour? I love this because the Raiders just went through this, and it's agonizing for the fans. Bottom line, the Chiefs, you know, there's the first year rebuilding, and they got a lot, a lot to go, and I just say, like I said before, I look forward to Herm Edwards having spaz attacks at the press conferences and going all emotional on everybody, and I love it. I can't wait to see it. All right, now that we've covered all three, the other teams outside of the Oakland Raiders here in the AFC West, uh, Greg, give us a little bit of a prediction of how uh, the teams will fare come uh, January 1st. So where do you think the, the Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, and Chiefs will end up? Well, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I believe the Chargers will probably still take the division. Um I have to say it, I have to be honest, even though I don't want to, it makes it, it, it sticks in my throat right now. However, I do think the Raiders will be next runner-up. I think we'll be right there. I think behind us will be Denver, and then following way behind is going to be the Condiments, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that's the way it's going to roll. And uh, Shanahan's another one to watch when he's uh, had some bad press conferences. He has a lot of veins on his face that pop out. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, very interesting stuff. Uh, as always, Raider Greg, thanks for stopping by here on the Pigskin Podcast. Uh, don't forget you can check out the RaiderNationPodcast.com for more uh, insight by Raider Greg and the fellow Raider fan base. Raider Greg, thanks again for joining us. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. And remember, you come to the Raider Nation Podcast, you better be ready, partner, because uh, we're explicit and we hold no punches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I think that's about time for us to wrap up things here on the Pigskin Podcast. Join us next week as we cover the... <laughs> All right. Join us Wednesday morning as we cover the AFC East as we have from buffalorumblings.com's Brian Galliford. Again, for Joel Hammond and Brian George, this is Nick Superling signing off on the Pigskin Podcast. 
This has been a presentation of the Pigskin Podcast. For more information, log on to pigskinpodcast.com. That was really fun. You could tell I was saying, I love it. The guy was trying to close out his show. Well, what could I say, man? I was having a hell of a good time. It was fun. And, uh, well, I had a good time with it. And I really do think that San Diego is the only team in the AFC West that can do anything about the Raiders this year. I really have high hopes for our team, man. I'm telling you, I see us beating Denver twice, and I see us beating Kansas City twice for sure. So we better come out big time. I think it's going to happen. I do. Now, before I did this Pigskin podcast, I just want you guys to know that they sent me a questionnaire, um, and it was pretty interesting. These guys are pretty dialed. Like I said, you heard the you heard the podcast, so you know that they're they know their stuff and they're very prepared. They're very prepared. It's very good. So much better than me. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I think I was pretty doggone prepared, really. Okay, so. This is what they had on the AFC preview, uh, West preview show. They asked me these questions. How long have you been doing your podcast at RaiderNationPodcast.com? I said, I have to be podcast. I had to be podcasting for three years now. When I started, there were only 300 total podcasts, and two of them were Raider podcasts, us and the Raider cast. That says something about our team. And the question here is, is Al Davis really as crazy as national media make him out to be? Well, I said, Al Davis is the Raiders, and he's an iconic figure to the Raider Nation. As for the idea that Al is crazy, I'd have to say crazy like a fox. Mr. Davis is the only owner of 32 teams that have the history, wisdom, and cunning to make the Raiders a team that has fans in the millions. His ability to make mainstream media dance to any music he chooses is brilliant. You know, get me wrong, man. Al has his way of making some odd decisions that make Raider fans freak out. Uh, now, that being said, Raider fans love Al Davis. He is the Raiders, and when he steps down, or worse yet, is unable to run his team, we'll see an end of an age in the NFL. Who'll be able to fill those shoes? No one could be more loved or hated in this sport. There's only one Al Davis, and I, for one, love the man and worry about what will happen when he's gone. The Raiders have gone to the Super Bowl in four of the last five decades and won just in 2002. His willingness to spend money and put the best team on the field is unparalleled as showed in this year's $186 million spending spree to get us back on top. And then they asked the question, what is your all-time Raiders favorite moment? And I had to say, how many great moments have the Raiders have? I have so many. I must say that the Raiders have had some of the greatest names in NFL history. Bo Jackson, Jack Tatum, Marcus Allen. How many Hall of Fame players can I list? Each one having great moments in the sun. I honestly can't tell you a single favorite moment. And I only, only can't. So that was the questionnaire beforehand. They got a little idea of who I was and what I was about uh, and what we're about, of course, as a Raider Nation. I feel very proud to represent, and that was very cool. We're going to hit the bone line, so don't forget, you guys that are out there right now listening to this show better throw it down on the bone line, 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181. Get on the bone line. Tell us what you think of the show. If you've been listening for a while, if you haven't, if you can uh, 
Give us your take, man. Give us your take about the team, what you're feeling, what you're going to be doing, what games you're going to be go to. Uh, give us your take on whatever. We get on there for the anniversary show. Randy's going Randy's gonna to have plenty of bloopers. Because <laughs> I have plenty of bloopers. You think? I'm sure. Anyhow, we're going to do that. It's going to be fun. So get on the bone line and just lay it down because uh, we love it, man. I know the nation does too. Don't you love listening to other fans? Shit, I love it, man. I love hearing you guys. I love the passion. You can tell the honesty. You guys are cool. It's a true fan. Very cool. So check it out. This is our bone line for this week. Okay, Raider fans, here we go. The bone line. 1-800-620-7181. Bad to the bone. Hey, Raider Greg, just caught the last podcast, loved it. Uh, this is Dice Q with a capital D. Made my reservations to get my hotel room down in, in Baltimore for that game in October. Uh, I completely agree with you. We've done a very nice job of upgrading the roster, including the draft, some, some excellent free agent work. Uh, just want to tell some of the non-believers that have been watching the team that the team is better, the roster is there. The pick of Darren McFadden works well. Somebody had, had said he's not an every-down back. Well, that's not a mystery to Al, but more than two-thirds of the NFL now have uh, alternating running backs, and that's not a problem. we got Justin Fargus, Michael Bush. Uh, we've upgraded the wide receiver core. Unquestionably, it's going to be a fine year, and uh, I agree with you. We're looking at something in the middle of the league between 7 and 9 and 9 and 7. Russell's going to get that experience, and the plan is definitely in place to return to our rightful perch as the AFC West champions and our eventual goal to get that fourth Super Bowl. Well, enjoy the day. Enjoy the season. Go silver and black. Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? Thank you for letting me come in here to the bone line. This is Joel from Surprise, Arizona. Boy, am I excited about the up-and-coming NFL season. The Raiders, we will be giving the AFC West a fit. That's right. We're going to be on the top one or two. I will take the top, not the two. Chargers, Kansas City, Denver, watch out because we are coming. DMC is going to run amok. Actually, you won't even see me so damn fast. It is unbelievable. Um, guys, I love your show. Once again, I cannot wait for the season. Oh, and hey, while we're at it, why don't we just pick up Horn from the Atlanta Falcons, another receiver. That would be dynamite. Anyway, guys, we will talk to you later. And peace to all the Raider Nation lovers out there. We will see you. I am out. The Raider Nation Podcast, Comments Forum Section.
Now, there's been some speculation here about Justin Fargus and his uh, situation with the running back, the running backs. You know, I have to say this right now that uh, the running backs are going to be Fargus, Bush, and McFadden. That's it. We'll have fullbacks, of course. I believe we're still going to keep O'Neal, and I think we're going to keep um, Justin Griffith, too. Those guys are hammers, um, and I think with a, with all that going on, it's going to be great. It's going to be so great. Oh, my gosh. Lou Dog comes in with, who is the most talked-about football team ever? The Raiders. Everyone always has some opinion when it comes to the Raiders, either good or bad. The main reason I am a Raiders fan is because all my friends in high school were Niner fans, Packer fans, or Ram fans. <laughs> I and hated the Raiders. So, being an adcast, I chose the Raiders. I was never a follower, and that's why I made my own path as a Raider fan. The history of the team and the organization and what Al has contributed to the NFL has made me take pride in being a Raider fan. My era was one of Gannon T. Brown, Garner Wheatley, and C. Woodson. It's not a bad era, partner. I'm going to tell you right now, that was a great, great team right there, and it was really fun to watch. I know. I saw them. Okay. Young Raider comes in. We all know that Jamarcus Russell is a franchise QB of the Oakland Raiders, but in my opinion, he is more than that. He is the best QB in the AFC West. This is why. San Diego Chargers have ESPN <laughs> tell it. Phillip Rivers is the next big QB of the AVC. Get off this nuts, ESPN. Without LT and Gates, it exactly would be like Joey Harrington. <laughs> it's not his team. It's LT's team. He's not a QB that can put the game in his hands, period. Well, you know, I have to disagree with you a little bit. I think they can. Denver Broncos, Jay Cutler, physically has great qualities. However, mentally, the QB decides what to do and what he wants on the field without letting his coaches know what he's thinking. And let's face it, now he's diagnosed with diabetes. That's going to shorten his career. Yep, I agree with you on that. However, Jay Cutler is an incredible quarterback, and if they get some good wide receivers, everybody in the West is going to be in trouble. I'm going to tell you that right now, with the exception of the Raiders, because we have such a great secondary. So that's going to be a battle. Trust me, Padna. And diabetes ain't going to hurt that kid at all. It's not even going to slow him down. Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion, know, uh, knows how to build a good team. Just look at the QB draft. Gonzalez is still uh, producing LT. Um, is a LJ is a pounder, except for last year. Dwayne Bow, of course, is going to be a force at wide receiver. Absolutely. Oh, but Oakland still has an edge over KC because of, because of uh, out of the history of the Chiefs, they have never had a dynamic QB. Maybe Montana. Brody Coyle may be that QB, but I doubt it. I do, too. I love it. They're going to have a QB controversy this year. I love it. Oakland Raiders. Though Jamarcus Russell had, had to basically sit out his rookie year, the Raiders never had a doubt that he was the future. Uh, Rivers was drafted with Breeze and was just becoming a franchise QB for him, and uh, Rivers was a waste of a pick. Denver basically flipped a coin to decide whether they wanted to trade up and get Cutler. And Coral is a third-round pick, although we drafted McFadden. Like Kiffin said, he's not here to save the franchise. That quote, 
to me says that Russell's, it's Russell's team. Russell will be the AFC West quarterback. Well, I sure as heck hope so. I hope he's the AFC quarterback, period. Not just the AFC West quarterback. We're going to need a guy like that to get us where we need to be. We need to go back to the show. Uh, Young Raider, you got some great takes, though, man. Great takes. I love the passion. I love it. Raider Mike comes in. I totally agree. I think he's going to do very well uh, for this franchise and come through given he stays healthy. He's going to light up the AFC West, and that's what we needed since Ganner retired. You bet your ass, man. That's very true. Anyway, I was reading somewhere on here, Raider fans listing their favorite players of all time. One guy had Marcus Allen as number one. That's a great choice, but mine is as follows. Mind you, I have a ton of favorites from the early 70s and 60s, but these are the ones in my life as a Raider fan. Number one, well, of course, Mr. Touchdown, (laughs) Mr. Raider. Touchdown, Timmy Brown. Man caught every ball thrown his way pretty much, and the second all-time list for receiving yards, only behind Jerry Rice, who was the stud of all studs, and he did it with 12 different quarterbacks, and that is fucking amazing to me. I agree totally with that. Number two, Jim Plunkett. Had an awesome, accurate deep ball and burned secondaries left and right and won two Super Bowls and was MVP in one and unbelievably is not in the Hall of Fame, which is a crime, by the way. Absolutely. You bet your ass. Howie Long, the biggest badass ever. I have a card with Howie Long being blocked by not one, but two, not two, but three guys. The man always was double teamed or even triple teamed, and he still got pressure on the QB. Fucking badass mofo. Steve Wesniewski is the best guard probably ever to play in the NFL. This man was dominant and the only reason we had a running game in his career. Lincoln Kennedy. Well, that's a surprise. I know his career was short, but sweet. This man, uh, in my mind, was another Art Shell, was the best left tackle ever to play in the game. He was, other than Art Shell, he was a reason why Gannon's jersey was always clean and hardly ever let anyone get by. I love this guy. Uh, too bad he retired early. Uh, and too bad Robert Gallery is not him. Well, thought I'd throw my top five Raiders out there. Can't wait for the season to start. That's good, man. Raider Mike, that was very good. I'm all over that, man. Very cool. Nice comment on that crime that uh, that our quarterback, yes, guess who, Jim Plunkett, didn't make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, Raider fans, uh, Raider Nation podcast, of course, will be signed out for this week. Looking forward to the anniversary show. Don't forget to get on the bone line and throw us a bone. And uh, get, get used to this thing, man, because it's going to be ramping things up as the season gets closer. So have a good summer. Be good people. Be good human beings. This is Raider Gray, and I am out. <laughs> <laughs>